Hello, welcome to Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with A-Leaf ISD, and I want to thank everyone for for joining to today's episode. Um, if you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know that we bring in uh, a lot of guests. Some, many of our guests are A-Leaf ISD employees and students and staff members, and uh, but we also bring in a lot of our partners, uh, some on the business side, some on the nonprofit side, and some who are just trying to help us with the awesome task of educating students in today's world and, and actually meaningfully preparing them for something beyond beyond high school. Today, I'm extremely honored and, and excited to welcome Mr. Joe Burke, who's representing Junior Achievement. And many of you listening to this probably have heard of Junior Achievement through some form or fashion, and, and we hope by the end of the, today's episode that you know a lot more about them and in particular how they're supporting uh, not only A-Leaf, but how they're supporting schools in the greater Houston area as we uh, as we move forward. We also have a returning guest, uh, Ms. Jennifer Baker, who's our Director of Career and Technology Education. I joked with her, I said, our ratings go up when she's on the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, so if they don't go up now, Joe, we know why. <laughs> <laughs> it would be me. <laughs> So anyway, if you guys don't mind, uh, just briefly introduce yourself, what what you do, and 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 kind of how you see your role as we move as we move forward with with uh, what we're going to talk about today with J- junior achievement. And if we use the term JA, that's what it stands for, you know, junior achievement. So Joe, if you don't mind, sure. Uh, so I'm uh, Joe Burke. I'm the president of Junior Achievement of Southeast Texas, one of 106 JA areas in the United States, and uh, our mission is to help young people develop the skills and attitudes they need to empower them to own their future economic success. Very good. Jennifer? Okay. I'm Jennifer Baker. And as Mr. Chambers says, I get to do this again today because this is another thing that I'm passionate about in the world of career and technical education. So I'm here to talk about the effects of what JA is doing for us here in Ailey ISD. Before we get into what's happening, I, I think it makes sense to maybe give a little context of the history of junior achievement because they've been around a long, long, long time and they're not new to this. Um, so Joe, if you don't mind, maybe give us a brief history and, and, and how that's led up to what y'all's objectives and what your mission is as we sit here in today, in today's world. Sure. Uh, so we have been around a long time. We were actually founded in 1919. So we are currently celebrating our centennial and we were founded at a time when the U S was, really transitioning from an agrarian to an industrialized nation. And so there were no organizations that were preparing kids for those kinds of careers. And so in 1919 in Springfield, Massachusetts, three individuals decided they would try to help kids understand what they needed to know to work in the world of business. And it started with one program, and we only had one program for the first basically 60 years of our organization's uh, uh, timeline, and that was called the company program, and those were kids that were forming companies, raising stock, producing products, or providing services out in the community. It was all done after school, and when we got into the 70s, the number of students that were available uh, for after-school activities started to dwindle because of extracurricular activities and kids actually having jobs. So we realized we needed to find another place to have our programs, and we looked at what we could provide from a skill development standpoint and how could we maybe integrate with schools. So we started to do in-school programming in 1978 uh, with one program that grew in the 80s to three programs, and then in the 90s we actually got into elementary education, and we've really uh, continued to evolve over the course of our 
time as an organization, and we're really at a precipice where I think we need to take a step change and continue to evolve, and that is really addressing the fact that we are, again, shifting as a society. Uh, AI automation is going to start to replace jobs that are repetitive, that really take lower-level cognitive skills, and so an increasing value is going to be placed on higher-level cognitive skills, mm -hmm. kids that have social and emotional uh, skills to be able to, to work with others, and then to be able to utilize technology. And so as we make that change, our board has really looked at uh, how do we evolve again and start to focus our resources on programs that provide impact in terms of educational attainment and helping kids get those skills that they need for the jobs of the future, which we candidly probably don't even know what they're going to be in 10 years because things are changing so rapidly. In education, we talk about that all the time. We're, we're blind going into mm -hmm. this. We're, we're not sure what we're preparing them for in terms of actual work. We do know that it's going to require certain skills. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that part of it it's kind of consistent, you know, it's, it's, it's the whole, can you solve a problem question, you know, you know, can you work with other people? Can you communicate? Some people call them soft skills. Some people call them necessary skills, but I find it, you know, the fact that JA is a hundred years old and you've obviously you personally, but JA is a, is a entity has had to redefine themselves over a century. Otherwise you don't exist. Right. And, and I've always found the amount of investment from the philanthropic side and the, the donation side, those who want to see JA continue and, and survive. Talk just a little bit about, about that and the resources and, and how you guys operate, you know, and, and the people that act, not the people, but the where your resources come from and how y'all make decisions on allocations of those resources. Sure. So we have uh, we have a very large board of directors. We actually have more than ninety members serve on our oh, board. Lord, I got seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take my seven. They, they may be listening, so I'll just I'll hold my comments. Mine there. too. Mine, <laughs> my, I love my seven, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I truly love the ninety board members we have, and and uh, so they really represent a cross section of business and some uh, members of the educational community, and they're. Uh, I think their reason for being a part of this is they see that they need a pipeline of talent prepared to fill the roles uh, that they have in their companies. So that's why business is really at the table. And I think, you know, when you ask anybody, would you like to help uh, education? The answer is universally yes. Uh, the question is how. And I think that's our value proposition is we provide for companies turnkey ways for them to get involved in the education process. They can have their people volunteer. You know, it's a skills-based opportunity for their people, so it's good for them to volunteer. Demonstrates their regard for the people in the community that need help, which are kids. Uh, so it's a positive thing for our business partners, and so that's why they invest in what we do. And ultimately, we end up with about 12,000 volunteers each year that deliver our programs to kids in greater Houston and, and southeast Texas. Like a lot of districts, we benefit from the efforts from JA and Jennifer and some of her colleagues are kind of on the front line of, as a conduit, if you will, of mm -hmm. that benefit. What, what are you, uh, you know, you said you were passionate about this earlier. Talk mm -hmm. about that. So what we've done in A-Leaf is we have, um, instead of our kids going to the J.A. BizTown, which is like a little tiny city that kids run for a day. So they elect a mayor, a police chief, a judge. About 130 kids a day come through and they, they work at different, all the different 14 shops that we've created based on what we wanted kids to see in A-Leaf that matches A-Leaf needs, what we thought matched A-Leaf needs. So instead of these kids doing a big field trip out to the JA BizTown facility that you guys have, we created our own. JA gave us the biz, the rights to do that, helped us create these the, the curriculum. 
well, you guys created the curriculum, <laughs> but helped us prepare our own BizTown here. And so we have about 3,336 graders that will come through. That amount came through last year. It was a huge, hugely popular field trip for these kids to do because they are learning what it's like to be a citizen in a community and have real what it feels like to them, real jobs. Um, it's a role play, but these kids get they're serious about it. They get into it. They love their jobs. They love doing BizTown so much they want to come back and do another job and another. But we, we just don't have the time. I mean, it takes for us to – I think it's an incredibly important skill for kids to learn because they're learning the, what we were talking about, the soft skills or those necessary skills, talking to the public and talking. They're talking to their friends and within that come that day, but they're also um, – they're having they're running a shop and a business and these shops and businesses are tasked to do certain skills and attain certain skills by the end of the day and if they don't do it the business doesn't really it doesn't fail but it but they don't like kind of pass business inspection <laughs> and so the kids are serious about making sure their business does what it's supposed to do so it's fun to watch the kids we've had such great comments about it and such great feedback from students from teachers from principals in fact, we got a really cool letter last year from a uh, teacher at one of the campuses who said this child, he was mostly Spanish speaker, but he came here and he real quick learned. They thought he could speak better English than he was letting on. <laughs> <laughs> but when he came here and role played that, he his English immediately became better because he enjoyed the experience, but also went back and continued this speaking English better than he had before. And the teacher was just floored. All of them were floored that this this is what gave him that confidence. So it, for many reasons, that was probably the the most exciting for me because it brought a student into, you know, out of his shell, so to speak. But it's just that I'm passionate about it because I think it's really good for the kids. I mean, I just have seen nothing but great stuff when they walk in. From the minute they walk in to the minute they leave, they think it's the best field trip ever. It's amazing. We'll run into people. So we've had this program for 21 years here in Houston, and we'll run into people who are 30 years old that still remember the job they had when they came to Biztown. And I don't know about you, but I don't really remember much of anything from fifth grade right. or sixth grade, right? So yeah. it's, uh, it is definitely, it, it's an immersive, authentic experience for kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when junior achievement is at its best, when we can put kids in an experience and there are adults there to coach them through the process, but really let them succeed or fail understand how their choice leads to their consequence. Mm -hmm. And those are attributes that if you want to really have success as you move forward, you really need to understand. So I get a chance to test things out. And I remember asking a teacher one time, because it's not a small amount of work for an educator to get the kids prepared to come to BizTown. So there's 19 activities that they do with the kids prior to their arrival. And, you know, I asked, so why, why do you invest the time and why do you invest so much in preparing kids to do this. And they said, you know, it's really what, in her mind, education should be. Typically what happens is um, you give lessons, you teach lessons, and then at the end you take a test. And what she saw was when kids came to BizTown, they were actually taking the test and they learned all the lessons. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it was uh, it was something that really kind of was profound. And, and it made me really realize how much better education is when it's experiential. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what we do as an organization. Well, we provide uh, opportunities to put kids in experiences and that enables them to utilize skills. And we still do it, though, in alignment 
with the state standards, so the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills or the TEKS, um, all our curriculum aligns with, with those things. So we're not displacing what teachers are you know, instructed by the state to do. And so they're still accomplishing those goals, but making it far more dynamic for the kids. And when we can do that, I think that's when education's at its best. And I don't think the kids even have a clue that what they're doing when they're learning about it before they come and when they come to the run the city for the day, they have no clue that they are learning. They're learning so much, but they don't realize it's, it's ticking off all these boxes yeah. that a teacher don't, needed them to don't do. Don't tell them. I know. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> don't, don't tell them they're learning. Just act like, they're, act like it's just a free day. Yeah. No, I mean, we all know, every one of us, whether you're in education or not, you know that putting individuals, whether they're sixth graders or not, putting them in real life, or to the extent it can be real life situations, that's where the magic happens. I mean, that's where mm-hmm. that's where actual learning the type of learning that I think most adults want out of their public school system. Yeah, we got to teach them to read and write and add, subtract, mm-hmm. and, and, and we do that. But far too often, far too often, our, our K-12 system in particular, that's where we stop. We, we start with that idea and we end with that idea and we define ourselves with those ideas. And I won't go off on my tangent on, on that. But I think for districts to be able to partner with folks like Junior Achievement and for you guys to be flexible enough to say, okay, well, yeah, we've got our own facility. Let's just use BizTown as an example. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening to this that don't have a clue what BizTown mm-hmm. is. Uh, it's literally a little town. And in at least in A-Leaf, mm-hmm. uh, we built a facility that we're in right now. And that facility, in part, was built to accommodate a BizTown where we've got storefronts and a variety. You know, we have a town, a city hall, and we have, I don't know if we have a jail or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a ticket last year. I think they wanted to put me in jail. <laughs> But uh, but no, seriously, you've got an engineering firm, you got a bank, you got all these, you know, you got all these things that are real small a town would would have, and um, and you and you ask kids to manage that town. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we underestimate what they're capable of mm-hmm. and what they think about mm-hmm. and how they go about it. And and just so you know, if you're listening to this, in just a little bit, you're going to hear from a couple of sixth graders who went through BizTown. So you don't have to listen to some old adults talk about it. You'll. <laughs> You can hear straight from the kids, and and if kids do anything, they tell the truth. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll tell you the truth. I want to go back to this idea of standards-based learning versus the experiential or the the problem solving you talked about earlier. Has that been something junior achievement? Did you learn it over time? I mean, has that been a core value of the company, or is that something that has been learned over time? Because it seems, and the reason I'm asking this is because the education system across the country has become much more standards-based. For right, wrong, or indifferent, it it, it has. Did J.A. recognize that and then try to react to it and provide a, a pathway for a more problem-based solving type curriculum? Or it, it, We did, and it was really uh, market-driven. I know a lot of organizations really want to find a way to partner with schools, and they'll go with their latest, greatest idea, and often it doesn't get accepted. And I think what they don't realize is that if you are not helping the schools accomplish their goals at the same time you're trying to accomplish yours, it really doesn't get anywhere. Yeah. And so we knew that if we were going to continue to be relevant to you as a partner, as a school district, that we needed to make sure that we are helping you achieve your goals while at the same time helping, you know, kind of business achieve their goals, which is getting kids ready for for jobs of the future. And we are, we're an agnostic sort of organization. We'll work with anybody. We'll partner with anybody. And we are really here ultimately for the kids. Mm-hmm. And we have some core values as an organization that our team created. And the last one is that uh, impact on children is our bottom line. Hmm. 
And so we hold that value very dear. And so when we go to work with the schools, we do look at what the, the teaks are. We do look at what is expected of you. So House Bill 5 says you need to have an endorsement selected. So how do we help kids make that choice? Is there a, a part that JA can play? And so we have learned that definitely over time. And we see that as the step change that we need to make uh, moving forward is to utilize our resources to have deep impact in experiential ways while at the same time accomplishing um, standards-based success. And, you know, on a personal level, you know, I find it frustrating that school districts are incentivized by state governments to measure success in terms of only knowledge when, candidly, all my kids and even now my grandkids can look stuff up on the phone and get most of the knowledge they need. And I, and I don't see necessarily that they have been invested in to develop the skills they need when they get to the workplace. And so that's a lot of time as a parent or grandparent that I try to spend with my kids to make sure that they get those things. Jennifer's part of her entire professional life is doing that, mm-hmm. is, is working through that. I find myself confused a lot. And I'm usually not confused. I may be confused. I just don't know I'm confused, <laughs> which is the worst kind of confused to be. I'm your worst nightmare because even when I'm confused, I'm going to act like I know what the heck I'm talking about. I think that's called adult. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I recognize that. You know, I, I, I recognize that. But no, this idea of the business community wanting to help chime in, if you will, with uh, with the K-12 system and in the higher ed system, too. I don't mean to leave them out. I don't know how we're we're going to get to where the business community wants us to go with as much emphasis on standards and the the adult behaviors, and that's where I get confused. Is where is the alignment between what the mm-hmm. business community wants or what our workforce wants versus what we're able to d- to deliver? And I don't know if you if you want to comment on that one way or the other, but I, I I know there's 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 a internal struggle going on in the education world to try to to free itself at least in my eyes, to free itself a little bit in order to meet the demands of the workforce. And, you know, Jennifer, like I said, she Mm -hmm. spends her entire professional life working on that with with Mm -hmm. kids here. Mm -hmm. When you see sixth graders in BizTown, are they behaving like a standards-based kid or are they behaving like a like the type of student we would want to prepare for society? They are absolutely getting ready for society because, like I said, they don't realize they're meeting any standards while they're here. They're running their business. They're serious about it, and they're having fun, and they're also seeing what we do is when they're finished with the day, a BizTown day, and they're in this big center that we have that we, you know, this podcast has been, is actually being done in this center. Um, they get to tour the center. So in, in what they see is, oh, I, ran, I was working in the restaurant in BizTown today, and this center has a restaurant. And you mean I can come back as a junior or senior in high school? And, the, and teachers take them around on a tour, and they point out all the different things that we have here at the center that match up to the businesses in the little city that's smack dab in the middle of the center. And these kids, which is cute when they walk in, these sixth graders, they don't realize – all they see is the little city. They don't see the building that it's in until afterwards. And then it's just mind-blowing for them. So it's a it's a connection that we're making that BizTown has helped us make, but that we're making for our future, for our kids to say, oh, okay, this is what I want to do. So if I keep up the good work, then I'm going to be able to come here to this center and I can work in the restaurant or the vet shop or the auto shop or whatever the case may be, the AV production area, because we have all of that mimicked in BizTown. So it's it's a lot of fun for us. So, yeah, it's 
I think they're just seeing this is what real world is. And and we have kids at the end of BizTown write on a word wall, like their experience, something about their experience. And one of them write uh, – it's funny to see what they'll write, but one said, being an adult is hard. That's been written. <laughs> Work makes me tired. <laughs> so we laugh about some of the things they write, but BizTown is so much fun. I want to come back. And it's all of that. So they're really seeing what it's like to be – an adult. And, you know, I think it's fun to watch. So It is fun to watch. And, you know, your comment about does, you know, you're confused. I think that is actually um, something that we bring to the table, at least with our board. We can communicate kind of the struggles that the, the school system is under, uh, at least the public school system. And so one of the things that I think we can play is that we can play the role of catalyst to try to drive change for people to understand that experiential learning is really far more effective. And it's interesting. Uh, John Dewey was a philosopher, um, and he I think he uttered the three most cogent words I've ever heard about education, which was interest obviates effort. If you're like me, you had to look up what the word obviate means. It means to make unnecessary. So interest makes effort unnecessary. So if kids are interested, they're engaged, then you don't need to motivate them. They're, they come self-motivated, mm-hmm. and that makes education great. And so as an organization, one of the things that our board is looking at is bringing a new model uh, that is a kind of a joint partnership between schools, between business and JA, which we've always done, but a far more focused effort at a high school level to create and utilize case methodology to create uh, basically 18 opportunities for kids to get a chance to learn about different businesses, different industries, different careers, and really keep relevance uh, very much at the forefront while at the same time driving success in a standards-based environment. And I think if we can do that and scale that, that will be that step change that I've been talking about. So we're really excited about that as an opportunity to bring to uh, Houston and Southeast Texas. What's What was magic about sixth graders? Because I remember my, my kids went through when it used to be called Exchange City or mm-hmm. yeah. yep. same little thing when in a different district. Is there science behind that? in terms of from where J.A. comes from in, in writing the curriculum? Yeah, it was written for fifth or sixth grade. Uh, typically are the two grade levels that it's done, and it really is uh, they are still willing to role play. Yeah. Uh, if you try to do it with seventh graders or eighth graders, they are now so cool that there is no way they're going to run around being the sheriff giving people tickets. And so um, <laughs> basically uh, we knew that was the age level at which uh, kids would still engage, and yet they have that cognitive ability to really understand a, a little bit more of the bigger picture of what's going on. Uh, so, and it is, you, you know, your, your point about the kids really getting engaged in it is every time I go to our BizTown facility or I come here, I always feel like I'm in the way more than anything. And the kids are so focused. They are so earnest in what they want to do. Uh, and so I always just kind of observe and hope that I don't somehow mess up their day, right? That's my goal <laughs> when I come see things. So it's just a lot of fun. I do that every day. I just try not to screw things up. (laughs) How do we as an education system build upon maybe what a sixth grade experience provides them? Um, Because we all know, I mean, I think these kids will probably remember these types of field trips, just like you mentioned earlier. I mean, my son's 25. He remembers. My daughter's 28. She remembers doing it. I have a board member one time that said, you know, we, we dress kids up a lot or we give them a lot and then we don't give them a place to go once they move beyond sixth grade or... If we have some type of really cool program, a really cool course, okay, well, what happens after that? They enjoy it while they're there, but then what happens after that to continue that that interest or engagement? Talk about how we see the continuation or building upon what we've right. done <clears throat> and how we go about it. Whether we're doing it or not, or where do you see opportunities for us to, to offer that if we currently don't do that? Right. I think slowly but surely, CTE, Career and Technical Education, 
we get it. We've gotten it for years. But what we've finally been given is the green light, so to speak, of building, like the building that we're in, this next level of students, you know, learning about what it is to work real world and get these certifications that when they leave, you know, public education with these certifications, they can go out and get a job immediately if they want to or have the confidence to move on to post-secondary education. So, I mean, it's slowly but surely. And ALEAF, as I know, at the forefront of it, just thank goodness, and I get to be here watching this happen. But we do have you know, the businesses that are open to the public in our center here. And when you talk about kids being engaged, this center, we have uh, right now about 1,200 kids coming through every day. These kids are engaged as senior juniors and seniors here, some sophomores too. And what they're doing, because they are, they're excited to come to school because of what we're offering for them. And I, I wish we could you could give this to every child, but kids have choice, and that's what they should have. I mean, some of them want to go the band route. Some of them want to go the athletics route, and CTE is just one of those elective-type routes. But I'm not saying any of those don't prepare kids for the future. They do as well. But what we're doing here in A-Leaf and other school districts, we're not unique, but we do have one of the best. I just have to say that. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, th- I mean, we're getting there, and businesses are paying. They're, step- they're sitting up going, wait a second, what- okay, you have what there? And the minute we get people into this building, businesses, number one, they want to sign up. It's catching, and they want to sign up, and they want to be a part of it. And that's the fun f- part for me because now we're creating real pipelines for these kids. So BizTown is just – it's our sixth-grade version of what you get to see. It- we have it here strategically because it makes sense. It's just a continuation in the world of CTE. But the cool thing is every sixth grader in A-Leaf sees it and gets to visit BizTown and be a part of it. Now, when they get into high school, that does the numbers change up and we have, you know, what we have here, the amount of kids that come here. But they already, they did get that experience. And that's thanks to BizTown, giving them that experience in sixth grade of what real world is like. So, I mean, the the world is moving that direction and colleges and post-secondary is sitting up going, hey, what are you guys doing in high school? We want to be a part of that too. Everybody, it's like it's catchy and it's it's been fun to watch. So I think we're getting there, but it's going to take a long time. Yeah, I'm I think sure. it's kind of in, in line too with the trend. So I think mm-hmm. we are moving to more of a skills-based society mm-hmm. where you're having to develop a set of skills and you want to have the soft skills or the necessary skills as well. And so... Our role, I think, is that we we can provide these kinds of experiences. You know, I love the alignment that you have with your kids being able to see, okay, I worked in the sign shop. Boy, you know, I could go do something creative and and related to graphics. No, here's exactly where I could go when I get to high school. I love that alignment for kids. For some kids, though, they don't know what they want to do at this point. Mm -hmm. And if they don't know, what we want to do is get them ready for at least that part with the high level of social and emotional skills, the high level of higher higher cognitive skills, you know, the higher order thinking skills, being collaborative, being able to communicate, being able to analyze data, make decisions. Those are skills that regardless of what path you choose, you're going to need to have in the future. And I think the big challenge that you all have, and I, and I know I don't have the answer, is the careers that you're trying to provide training for are going to change more and more rapidly. Mm-hmm then it's going to be incumbent on you to continue to reinvest in changing out your technology that you have in a building, changing out maybe even some of the things that you do on a really rapid basis. And is the you know state willing to fund at a level that's going to enable you to do that? Right. Therein lies education's problem. Mm-hmm. 
education has for years been extremely reactive for good reason. It's just been reactive. I think, and it's like Jennifer was saying earlier, I think that the mindset or the mind shift on what is it we need to be doing for students, that has kind of began slowly, slowly changing. But yeah, I was trying to predict what we, what what's a, what's the job that a sixth grader today is going to have when he or she's 25 years old or 30 years old, whether they went to college or it doesn't matter. That's an effort and futility trying to predict that. It's it like is, I, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. I said earlier, I, I think... Even in buildings like this, and there have been a lot of episodes where we've referred to this building. Mm-hmm. So people that listen to this, they don't know what the building is. They, they, they're going to want to come see it. <laughs> that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> a lot of them have Googled it. and A lot of people that listen to this out of state and out of country have Googled it and, and have heard from them. But when, when we say this building, you're trying to create a building to the extent you can that some of the lessons that we know are going to be required, no matter what task they're performing 20 years from now or 15 years from now, some of these things are going to be consistent. They're needed now, and they're going to be needed 15 years from now. If we can somehow find that that magic where you've got the, the task, the basic fundamental skills, and then how do you become a citizen? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's, that's the part that bothers me the most. You know, I don't stay up at night. But things very rarely keep me awake at night. Test scores don't keep me awake at night. That, you know, safety and security keeps me awake at night. Is our education system actually preparing citizens like the types of citizens we're going to need 40, 50, 60 years from now to continue. And I know we get gets really philosophical at some point. Things like BizTown is teaching people how to live in a community. Mm-hmm. Be a citizen, a good, and yeah. they're called citizens. They're yeah. not called students when they walk in the door. They are actual citizens. Yeah. 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 I, I read an article in The Atlantic one time, and I don't believe everything that comes out of there, but it's it was this was a really good piece about education and business partnerships when they're at their greatest. In other words, when we're at our very, very best in educating kids and businesses supporting education, we are helping assimilate little boys and little girls into a into an American society mm-hmm. when we're at our very best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, teaching how to read and write is a part of that, but we're really teaching them how to be Americans and we're teaching them how to be how to live in a mm-hmm. civil society. That's where I think the biz town and, and where JA, in my opinion, has found <laughs> really something in, critical. And so that's why we're supportive of it. And that's why, like I said earlier, we when we designed this building, one of the first things we talked about was how do we design it so that we can have our own, I called it Exchange City because I didn't know it had changed names at the time. <laughs> I said, I just know I want that in this building. So however we design, architects, however you design it, I want it somewhere there. That's how it all started was 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 that way. Isn't it great to see the kids now come in to see you? Oh. Because that was a, obviously a thought you had several years ago. Oh, yeah. And now okay. to see it executed mm-hmm. every day over the course of several months and see the kids come in. We were here when they arrived and the excitement level when they see your building, the excitement level when they walk into BizTown and they're just pumped for the day. And, mm-hmm. and I ju- it was just so uh, heartening to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it, it's rewarding. It's yeah. definitely rewarding. Mm-hmm. Other things that, J.A., we're going to wrap this thing up here a little bit, and we are going to bring in a couple of kids and a, and a teacher. Anything that you would like to, to let the listeners know about in addition to what we're doing with Sixth Grade BizTown that, that Junior Achievement is, is doing that you feel good about? And I mean, here's a chance for a little public service announcement almost. Absolutely. So from our, our strategic plan, we have looked at, uh, and for a long time in the culture of junior achievement, it's been about, can you increase the number of students? Can you increase your reach? Which is obviously a great thing to be able to do. Uh, but we kind of lose the focus of why we're reaching the kids. So we're really stepping back and saying it's going to be more about outcomes instead of outputs. 
And so we're actually revisiting the company program that was the original program in 1919. We still have that program. Last year we had in all of Houston seven uh, groups that formed companies. They deal with real cash, real business ideas that they generate. Uh, and we have currently invested a full-time staff member to, to build out that pillar. Um, she does a great job, Tanya Daniels. She's uh, really stepped into the role. She has 25 companies already for this school year up and running around Greater Houston and is creating a series of events, uh, a conference, a pitch competition, and this will be open to more than just the kids in the company program uh, moving forward. And it's just a way to start to, to spark entrepreneurship among kids and entrepreneurial thinking. And, you know, even if these kids don't become start their own business one day, I know when we employ people, we like people who take the initiative and say that they have an idea, they want to innovate, they want to execute, and they take, you know, that ownership of their role. Those are the kinds of people we want to create. And I think if we can do that with a deeper experience, it's very exciting. Uh, the, the program that I mentioned with high schools, 3DE, we're really excited about that. So it's really a, a, a refocus on impact. And we believe that if we do that properly, it will then scale and we'll get back to growing, but not for the sake of growth's sake, but actually for the, for the sake of deeper impact. So really excited about our future. I've been with the organization for 26 years, worked in four different cities. You have to actually stay ahead of your references, it turns out. Um, but I've, I've worked for 26 years, and I honestly have never been more excited about where we are as an organization and where we are headed than I am today. And we're really proud to, to be able to partner with A-Leaf and the districts in this community to make really positive futures for kids. Well, very good. Goes without saying, we're appreciative as well. So, Absolutely. Thank you, Joe, for being here. I really do. And Jennifer, thank you. Welcome. Thanks right. for the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. it. Thank you, guys. All right. We're going to continue this conversation, uh, not only about junior achievement, but more specifically uh, the BizTown experience. And as I mentioned earlier, we are being joined now by uh, two students, uh, two sixth graders from Youngblood Intermediate who have participated and gone through the BizTown experience, and then Miss Pam Parrish, who is uh, a math interventionist at, at Youngblood, because I think it's really important. It's one thing for the adults to talk about it, and it's one thing for us to say, here's what we hope is happening, here's what we think is happening, but it's another thing to actually hear from the kids. And, and the and the teachers who are helping work through it. So with that, I'm going to ask the two kids and Ms. Parrish to just real quickly introduce themselves and where they go to school. And then we'll I'm going to ask them a couple of questions about their experience. And let's let's have a conversation. All right, Brian. I am Brian Santos. I go to school at Youngblood Intermediate. I am in Yellow Academy or other known as STEM. I did enjoy Bithtown and this was a great experience for me. Thank you, Brian. I'm Zara White in Yellow Academy, Miss Gilbert's homeroom, and I really liked working. You enjoyed working, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm Pam Parrish. I've been in Youngblood for 31 years, and this was one of the most exciting experiences I've had at BizTown. You've been in Youngblood 31 years? I've been in, in a, a I'm for sorry. Okay. I've been at Youngblood since it opened in 96. Well, you've been there. You've seen a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot, and this was wonderful. Good. Well, that that's actually a good perspective right. to hear from, see, considering everything that you've mm -hmm. seen and experienced. As I, as I said, I, I have a hard time having these conversations without in, including kids and just getting their perspective. Zara, I'm going to ask you, one, what was your job when you went through BizTown? What was your job? And then... Talk just a little bit about why you chose or why you applied for that job. What was it about it that you were that you found interesting? I actually asked to be the CEO of the bank because why not? And yeah, like where the money is, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like 
I actually kind of wanted to be the CFO because, like, my granny does taxes and I know how to do them. And, like, I think the most fun part about being the CEO of the bank was that I got to tell people what to do (laughs) and, like, demand money from people. Obviously, you know about money, right? Mm -hmm. What did you find about money in people? In other words, how did you see other other citizens in your in your city? Did they hoard their money? Did they want to keep their money? Well, the restaurant was one, and <laughs> they only paid like half of their loan, but they were like making money quick because they're the restaurant everyone needs to eat. And like what I got from it, like they tried to pay it, but like at Sometimes people just didn't, like, want to go to them, so they didn't make any money. And, like, it was kind of hard for them. I get it because most people weren't even looking around. They were just, like, on break doing whatever they wanted. Right. Brown, what about you? What was your What was your job? I was a judge. I work with City Hall. It was a really good experience. I like to boss people around a lot. I admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I work with the mayor and the police. Um, I had a lot of cases. I really enjoyed when the IRS agent says, said, hey, we're not making money. We're going to get tax people. This is what we're going to do when we, we do the taxes. Right. So I really enjoyed that. And then when the bank came around, we, at first we thought we weren't going to pay our loans. And when the bank came around, we were like, we fully paid our loans. So it was that really great. And then in my brink, I went around. A little bit. I guess I got one Kool-Aid and popcorn from the restaurant, and (laughs) I went over to lunch to have my break, and then I carried on with my day, and when I was trying to go, it was the best experience I had. In, In your actual job, was the job like you thought it was going to be? Well... Before I got on the bus, I didn't, like, have much thought about it. I was like, hey, I'm the CEO of the bank. I get to boss people around. But when I actually got there, (laughs) literally in the first five minutes, I had two people coming at me trying to make me sign their paper. I had to, like, sign the checks for my employees. Mm -hmm. I had to, like, check over, like, everything is getting done and stuff. And... I'm not gonna lie. I misspelled my names like my name like a lot of times on these checks. So they're gonna be like, "Who is this person?" And they're all gonna look at me like, "How many times did you misspell your name?" <laughs> so you found immediately that there was a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that, and a lot of people were kind of counting on you. When you're the boss, it's okay to to be the boss to boss people around, but they also depend on you, right, Brian? Yeah, I didn't really give it much thought. As Zarya said, it's just like, hey, we're going there. We're going to have fun. It's yeah, easy. Right. And next thing I know, I'm in the middle of a case, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I did work with the mayor, and she did help me a lot. Neither of us were prepared for this. And when it came to a challenge, we faced it together. Ms. Parrish is a longtime teacher, educator. You heard some of the previous conversation about trying to create opportunities for students like Brian and Zara to, to learn how to be good citizens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. What you, you mentioned that this was a great, one of the better things you've seen in your career. Right. Talk, a, talk a little bit about from your perspective. I always see the students learning in the classroom and growing and working with curriculum. I very seldom see the cooperation and the decision making and the 
helping each other out, even if it wasn't their job, because our cooperative groups don't work quite the same way. They're, they're good, but not to this degree. I noticed a lot of the students had a job that they were supposed to do, but if somebody else needed help, they asked, can I go help him or whatever? The decision-making in the restaurant was most impressive because they were getting behind with their sales. Mm -hmm. And one of them said, oh, why don't we make some ahead and stack it up and be ready? And you don't see that in the classroom very much. In the art department, they weren't selling anything. And one of the girls said, I've got an idea. Let's make masks, but let's wait till we make them and personalize them and let them come back and pick them up. Well, that's decision-making. That's good business. And um, on the way back on the bus, one of the kids said, Miss Parrish, I don't think I ever want to own a restaurant. My legs ache. (laughs) And uh, it was just a good all-around real-life experience. Zara, do you now think you still want to be a CFO or CEO as you get older, or did it change your mind at all? Actually, I think now I want to become a CEO, like, for real, because I have the experience, I know what is expected of me, and for some reason, I just like to be in a rush. Like, even in the morning, I wake up at 6.30, I don't move until 7. When you say you like to be in a rush, you like things happening quickly? Yeah. Being busy, being under under pressure a little bit? Yeah. What about you, Brian? Does does this confirm that you think you want to be in public service or or as a judge, or did it say, no, or did it tell you, no, that's something I don't want to do? Well, ever since I was a little kid, my mom told me, hey, who, who's going to be this lawyer? And I was like, I am. Mm-hmm. So I do still want to be a lawyer, but I am considering to be a judge. It was a really great experience. And as Arya said, I do like being in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> I like things quick. I want to be a little under pressure. My best work comes out of me when I am pressure. Yeah. So compare this to the classroom, like just any general classroom that you're in. Is there any comparison? Did you feel like this experience in BizTown, you learned more? Was it, obviously, I think it was probably more fun. Think about it from what you learned and and compare that to what it's like to, to be in, a, in your classroom. Well, for one, it isn't the same as being in a classroom stuck in a chair. <laughs> and I did compare it to my classroom. We were teachers and the teachers were basically just watching us. Yeah. So, yes, it was really fun because the police officer, he got to judge a student so, or other citizens. I did compare it to the classroom, and when you think about it, instead of having paperwork in front of you, you have actual work. you mm. got to rush. You have to get things done. You have to fill out your loan, get your break. So instead of making it one, yeah. two, three questions, answer them on 30 minutes, it's get ready, come on we got to make some money. Let's pay off this loan. <laughs> Real life stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Zara Brown said something just a second ago. He said that in BizTown, y'all are the teachers. Do you- yeah. I agree because, like, you have to know what to do to make your employees, like, to make your employees happy. And sometimes you don't get the checks, like, when they need them, and they're like, where is my check? And I'm like, you get it after your break. And it's like, it is after my break. Well, you got it before your break, which you weren't supposed to do. And it was just weird because I didn't really know what to do at that point. I was just rushing (laughs) to do Adults get mad when they don't get their checks on time, too. Yeah. (laughs) Their paychecks. That's an an important responsibility. 
I'm curious, Ms. Parrish, with your helping those that were in charge, like the whoever the CEO or the manager or whatever the title was for, for, for each group, did you see kids come out of their shell, for lack of a better word? Or? I, I saw personalities I had never seen before. They just blossomed. The, and, and kids that didn't particularly care to be together, you couldn't tell. Yeah. They worked well. Obviously, last year was the first year that mm-hmm. we, we did it as a, as a district. But one of the common comments that was made by teachers who knew, who knew their kids mm-hmm. was that, yeah, there, were, there was a part of that kid that they'd never seen in the classroom. Right. Very definitely. The personality comes out. You can pretty much judge if it's the right thing for them mm-hmm. by the way they handle the other students if they're in charge. Right. There's a lot you can see, and there's a lot they see. They saw each other in different eyes. Can you talk about that in terms of you know somebody, you got, I mean, you, you may have best friends. They may be really good friends, and you get to know them in school, like at Youngblood. And then you come over here and you do the BizTown experience. Did y'all see differences in people, people doing things you didn't, you didn't know they were capable of or you had never seen them do it? Yeah, my best friend Tyra, she I kept forgetting who <laughs> who worked for me and who was, like, somewhere else. <laughs> so, like, when Tyra came up to me, I'm like, don't you work at the sign shop? And she's like, no. And, like, what I saw different in her is, like, Tyra's, like, really shy. And, like, when she was working, she was, like, communicating with people. It was just, like, she was a whole new person. Right. And that's a friend of yours, right? Yeah. I'm sure Tyra, she's going to be glad she got a shout-out on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, what about you? Did you... See, did people surprise you? You don't have to name names, but did you? Did people surprise you or seem different than maybe what they're like in the classroom or what you knew of them? Well, I have a lot of friends because I'm very talkative. Yeah. <laughs> and I did see a lot of new personalities. I, for one, my friend Belen, she likes to talk a lot, but I guess she doesn't really work well. But then at one time, I'm just seeing her rush. Come on, let's get this done. Come on, we're working. <laughs> And that was really surprising because most of the time she's like, I want to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you got to deal with those people in real life. Yeah. You know, there's adults that sometimes you have to get on and you have to, to remind them of the of the job or you have to remind them of, of work. If you had a an opportunity to do it again, what role would you pursue next time if you had that chance? Would you do the same thing or would you pursue something different? I would do the same thing because... I wasn't on top of everything. Literally, my friends had to tell me, you need this done, you need that done. And, like, there's, like, ten other things you need to sign. But I kind of liked it because I get paid more than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth with the CEO. But there's also, you know what, there you go. There comes responsibility, right? Brian, what about you? I like to stay in the same job as a judge. I really, really enjoyed that. And I want a second go at it because I didn't get any case until my second break. So, oh. <laughs> And I didn't get a lot of stuff done. And I want to get on top of it again. I want to finish what I started. Very good. From the teacher's perspective, there's a, I guess there's a lot of, I guess, expectations for preparing them to come over here. Right. Do you all blend that into your curriculum? Do you stop what you're doing and start preparing for BizTown? It's my understanding. I'm not a right, classroom that, teacher. Right, right. It's my understanding that they had a certain program to follow, mm-hmm. but there was not a lot of time allowed right, for it. Right. And they did the best they could. But if they had if they had a little more built-in time, 
it would have even been better. better yeah. It was good. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was one of the concerns. One of the questions we get asked a lot is, can we do this again as a seventh grader or is there another program mm-hmm. as a seventh grader? And one of the questions I asked Mr. Burke earlier was, what was the rationale behind providing BizTown for sixth graders? And his answer was, he goes, sometimes when they get older, when kids get older, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, they're not nearly as willing to participate as they are as a fifth or a sixth grader. One of what we're trying to attempt to do in ALEAF is figure out ways to keep students, when you guys are in seventh grade, eighth grade, to keep you as engaged as, as, as you were or as you are right now in thinking about these things, meaning thinking about what do you want to do, perhaps. Did the BizTown experience, did it cause you as a sixth grader to think more seriously about what you're interested in than maybe you've thought about before, or have you been thinking seriously about it? I really haven't been thinking serious of it, but I've been pointing back to it a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I am considering three jobs, maybe a lawyer, maybe a judge, or maybe something in the science field. Yeah, it's pretty much I've been considering this, and thanks to BizTown, I'm not going to be as shy when I get to 7th and 8th mm-hmm. grade, and I might be on the move. <laughs> <laughs> That does not surprise me, Brian. (laughs) Zara, what about you? Well, for me, I've been thinking about this literally since I was three. I can tell. (laughs) Because, like, I did not want to end up on the streets or something. I wanted to be in control of my life. I didn't want to be back on bills or anything. So I've been thinking well about this. (laughs) And And BizTown has just got me thinking more and more. And honestly... I would not probably work at a bank. For me, I would be like something in the science field, like chemistry. I love chemistry. <laughs> yeah. That's what experiences like this are helpful for is to, in some cases, to confirm what you think you like and in some cases to tell you what you don't like so you don't have to make that mistake. I could talk to you for a long time. I get all kinds of questions to ask you. And maybe we'll have you back as a follow-up at some point. But to, to wrap up, just kind of, let the listener, because there's going to be a lot of people listening to this, a lot of grown-ups, even you know, a lot of students, a lot of people from all over the country, not just Texas and Houston. What's the best thing that you felt BizTown provided you? Or what is the best thing do you think BizTown provides kids in general, not just you? What's, what's the best thing about it? What I think they provided the best was a chance to have a glimpse of what you'll be doing in the future. So I really think they did a really good job. They took the time to organize it, and when we were in there, we said, hey, we're actually citizens. They're not treating us like kids anymore. They're treating us like adults, and we need to get stuff done. So for me, that's a really great way of showing me don't flack around. Get your stuff done. That's good. Thank you. Zara, what about you? I think the best thing was we got to go to the bathroom and didn't have to ask because, like, they say you get to go— at this time or you don't get to go until that time and like honestly that's how they do it like for real and I'm like I have to go to the bathroom and it's like is it an emergency I was like yeah and they and they let us go (laughs) it's amazing huh yeah well that's part of the part of the responsibility right Mm -hmm. if you learn to to not take advantage of that then then people are more likely to give you that freedom and flexibility it's a good observation Ms. Paris, what from, I know you mentioned earlier you, you, you were impressed with it, but is there any one particular thing that stands out? One, the, the um, way the children got out of their real self and became whoever they were. Yeah. And 
a hands-on real-life experience, exposure to a lot of different things, and decision-making. I find many of these sixth graders have an idea, but they don't act on it. And decision-making is so important in life. And you've done this a lot longer than I have with this age group kid, but I've always felt they're much more capable of what we give them credit for. They are. In terms of what they're interested in and what they're thinking about and what's on their minds. It makes me want to go back to the old school of teaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where we did hands-on. We do in science, but it's hard to find the time. Yeah, we, we had that conversation earlier about the standardized Right, way of and I know it's all important. Yeah, it, it, it all has its role. If we can fit in field trips and projects and so forth, we can get the job done. Oh, absolutely. As long as I'm in the position I'm in, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to find time. We'll, we will make time for that. It's, it's critical. So, all right, Brian, Zara, Ms. Parrish, thank you guys for joining us. Any lasting comments before we sign off? Anything you want to share with? Yeah, um, I think BizTown helped all sixth graders like spiritually because they were like oh it's gonna be easy I'm just gonna <laughs> like I don't even have to go to college I can do this by myself and then by the time they're in college by the time they're graduating high school and they should be in college they're like oh my god I should have signed up for college it's taught them something right <laughs> yeah very good um I like what um Zara said and it is true a lot of us don't think that we'll need this and that we try to be independent in life which is not bad no it's very good to act on your own Mm -hmm. but you do need to have a second plan or you do need to have something as a backup so at Bithtown I really think they did a great job on showing us that hey come on pick something (laughs) make a decision right (laughs) all right I appreciate you guys doing this, all right? So thank you. This has been uh, Impact Ed. I'm H.D. Chambers with Ailey FISD, and today you have you have listened to an episode on BizTown and our partnership with Junior Achievement and the impact it has on, on students. So I hope you've enjoyed it, and I look forward to uh, to our next episode. This has been an AMP production.